even if we don't have the understanding of needs or we don't have the understanding of the situation, instead of moving to a posture of defensiveness ourselves, what if we chose to move into a posture of understanding or seeking to understand? I'm Rachel and I'm Marcela and you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Marcella. I'm so excited to be back to have the public podcast now. So now everybody can listen. And you know, we changed the title of our podcast to Parenting with Understanding Podcast. We want you to find us easier. When you type the Cycle Breaker Podcast, which was the former title, a lot of podcasts from many different industries came up. And we are really all about parenting with understanding. You're still a cycle breaker. But what we do is parenting our kids with understanding. And that's going to be the title from now on. And I love it too, because it perfectly describes what you and I are all about. It's not just gentle parenting. It's not just respectful parenting or even conscious or positive parenting. It is truly parenting from a place of understanding. Yes, it is beyond behaviors, beyond being kind with our kids by truly having an understanding of their needs and what they're trying to communicate to us. And that's parenting with understanding. All May, we're going to focus on parenting older children, tweens and teens, because High Impact Club just opened up to parenting of teens and tweens with a new course taught by Dr. Anne Louise. She's coming on board to be one of our parenting coaches here in High Impact Club. And I'm very excited. She's coming up with a new digital guide to help parents of tweens and teens navigate hard conversations such as drugs, alcohol, sex, birth control, all the hard conversations. The Parenting Teens and Twins course is all how to understand them at their developmental stage and how to provide parenting with and understanding for them. So all May in the podcast, we are going to be talking about parenting older kids. I did foster care for a long time and I have experienced all the way from newborns with my twins and with children in foster care. I cared for 12 year olds, 13, 14, all the way to 19. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I personally coached some teen parents, even though I don't have a teen myself, I've actually coached several teen parents and the foundational steps of what we teach are the same, no matter what age the child is. It's just that the verbiage and maybe your approach changes a little bit with older children. You're not going to have the same tantrum. A three-year-old might be over in one minute, but a teen tantrum may be a little bit longer. So that's going to be the topic of this month. And for today's episode, we're going to talk about how to build a strong relationship with our older children. What is the common question? that you get in social media when it comes to older kids? Always, always, is it too late for me to start this? And my answer is always the same. Absolutely not. You can do this. No matter if your children are still inside your home or even outside your home, you can still build a strong relationship with those children. I'm a vivid example of reparation the children that came to foster care, the older ones, they all came from abusive homes. They all came with broken hearts. And I saw how parenting with understanding 
understanding, repair the relationship that they have with themselves. And number two, how we build trust and our own relationship. And indirectly, I saw them healing their relationship with their bio families, which it was amazing to see. That's something that you see often. There's a foundation of fear there for parents. I know that in many cases, parents have gone through divorce and their ex is still parenting that same way. And they're wondering, can I switch this up and still be effective at this? I am reading a book right now that I would recommend to every parent. It's called The Power of Showing Up. And they specifically talk about how a secure attachment with just one adult can be so transformative for children and so impactful and helpful for children. So if you are a listener and you're in that position where you did parent traditionally and maybe you parented traditionally with a spouse and then you have split from that spouse and you want to change your parenting, but the spouse is still going to be doing the same old same old things. You can still be that secure attachment for your child. We want to encourage you with that. And then the flip side is that I also see parents wondering, have I done any irreversible damage? And there's this really amazing thing in the brain called neuroplasticity, where you can literally rewire the brain. We do that through connection. Marcella, what do you think parents need in order to build a strong relationship with their children in general, but specifically we're talking in this episode about older children. So if you come from traditional parenting and you know that there might be some things that you want to change, your children might be used to now to the things that you've been doing with them. My experience with my children in foster care is that there are two main ingredients to build a strong relationship with them from the ground up. So let's break down those two main ingredients. Ingredient number one is connection. This is huge. And even yesterday, we were in a coaching session with our members of the Advanced Mentorship Program. One of our parents was saying that I left the house for a while. And then when I came back, the behaviors were worse. So what is going on? That's very common to see when children feel disconnected for a while. So maybe in her case, she practices parenting with understanding. They felt physically disconnected. But in your case, it might be that your children were emotional disconnected for all this time. When children feel disconnected, then they act out or they reach out to you in many different ways. Many times the children that need connection and love the most show it through the most unlovable ways. (laughs) When my children in foster care came to this house, they were showing that yearn, that thirst for love and connection through tantrums, older children tantrums. Maybe they were criticizing me and my ways. I remember I had a 12-year-old that he would just stare at me for maybe five seconds and then tell me, you are a bad woman. And he was completely projecting the hurt that he had towards his bio mom with me. Every time that he stared at me for more than two seconds, I knew that he was working something out inside of him. And it was hard for him to express it 
with words successfully because he has so many feelings. I'm saying that to say that when we see those behaviors, we tend to get stuck on what we see and not what we don't see. If this child would have said, oh, you're just a bad woman. And I'm like, you do not talk to me that way. I was just be confirming to him his theory. The main ingredient is to connect emotionally with your older child regardless of what they say to you. So you might be spinning your wheels and thinking like, so do I let them get away with it? No, I'm not saying to get away with it, but to not correct behavior first. Because again, they come from feeling disconnected from you because you were doing traditional parenting. So they were emotionally disconnected or maybe you were physically disconnected and now they're living with you. If you have adoptive children and then they came to live with you a little bit older, the foundation of relationship is not there and they may have a lot of feelings around it. Every time I looked at him and I said, Mm, you must be feeling a lot of things to say that. What are you thinking? And then he usually would say something about my appearance, about whatever that is not really the true thing. Oh yeah, I just don't like how you do your hair. Like he would try to figure out, but he didn't know. I would not pressure it because sometimes, especially for children who had trauma, if you go right to the point right away, then it could like really hurt them. Like, are you projecting your hurt with your mom? No, I didn't do that. But but then I drew closer to him and I said, oh, I see that you have a lot of feelings. You must be feeling disconnected to me to say that. Let's do something. He used to like exercising. He was like a gym body kind of guy. He would like to run. Okay, let's go for a run. We used to come back from the run and he would be breathing hard. I remember the last time that he said that to me, he said, I'm sorry, you're a good woman. I just have a lot of feelings and I think it's about my mom. That's how I was able to build the foundational trust with him. If I would have focused on just the correction and you don't say that to me, I dare you to say that, then I wouldn't gotten to that point and he would have built that really thick brick wall in his heart and I wouldn't accomplish what I accomplished with him. If you do have an older child, I highly encourage you to take many deep breaths when they say things like that to you, but to think like if they're telling me this, they're feeling something. Something's going on. There is a deeper thing here. Let's connect with them first. And then if I need to correct this behavior, then I do it. But after I connect. So that's the main first ingredient. What's interesting to me about the connection aspect is that the way a child's brain learns a lesson is through connection first and correction once they're calm. But traditionally speaking, parenting is the opposite of that. We always think that a child needs an immediate repercussion or an immediate consequence, or they're not going to learn in the moment. We think if we give them any connection, we are rewarding bad behavior. There was a situation this week with my husband where my daughter did something that was very painful to him and he got very triggered in the moment and rightfully so. But he said to me in a conversation, like there was no immediate repercussion. She got exactly what she wanted just from you. And I said, no, she got what she needed first. And then I talked to her about what to do differently and how to handle that situation differently. And once she was calm and I could tell that she and I were connecting, I was able to tell her whenever you do this, that gives daddy 
a very big boo-boo. That was the way that I had to say it to her three and a half year old little brain. Right. And obviously to a teen or a preteen, you can have way different language and they're going to have a deeper understanding than a three and a half year old does. But it was so interesting to me that he was in that same thought process of she needed an immediate consequence. She needed a repercussion. And when I asked him, well, what would that be? He didn't really have an answer. Cause he was like, well, I know I don't want to spank her. I know I don't want to make her have a timeout where she's separated from both of the parents who are her safe space and who most of the time show her so much love. I know that I didn't want to use either one of those. So I don't really know, but, and I said, you wanted to be vindicated in that moment. And I do think that that's the thought process that a lot of us as parents, we get into this mindset of you hurt me, whether that's emotionally, relationally, or physically. And we want to throw up walls emotionally, relationally, or physically, or we want to retaliate. And when we focus on connection, that's really where we're meeting the needs in the moment. That's where we teach them lessons. Brain science tells us that if a child is triggered and their amygdala is firing and they're having an emotional response and they are dysregulated, their logic and reasoning are completely offline. It would be like expecting a TV to change channels when you hadn't even turned the TV on yet. You know, like it's not going to change the channel if it's not on. Your child is not going to learn a lesson when their logic and reasoning is completely offline. That applies for older kids too. I'm sure you might be thinking, but she has a three-year-old. This is 13, 14-year-olds, teenagers haven't developed brains too. Yeah, those skills aren't truly fully developed until about mid-20s, which is very surprising to a lot of people. You know, the whole time, usually that our children are in our homes, we want to have really high expectations and want them to have advanced skills that they are just not going to have yet. So we have to meet them at their level and connect with them. It might be a little tricky for parents of older kids. And I see it with my niece. My niece is 13, but she's taller than me. She looks like a mini adult. But when you see her behavior and you talk to her, you can tell she's a kid, but it's deceiving because she looks big. So the other day she came to be with us for two days. And then it was time to take the twins to their swimming lessons. And I said, okay, we are going to leave at 1030. And I assumed that she had time management skills because she looked so big. And that's the point of conflict between parents and older kids that because they see them like little mini adults physically, then they function like adults and they don't. Yesterday, I was going through Dr. Lockhart's Parenting Twins and Teens course that is going to launch on May 27th here in Hanford Club. And then she was describing the brain of a twin and a teen. She was saying that they haven't developed prefrontal cortex, which leads to ongoing impulsivity, poor decision-making, risk-taking behaviors, poor judgment, and poor time management. So what happened? 10.30 came and she was still playing video games. And I cannot lie, I felt a little triggered. I didn't tell her, but in my thinking, I was like, didn't I tell her 30 minutes ago that we were leaving at 10.30? In a way, I was like, okay, for the twins, I understand that they don't have time management skills because they're five, but her, she looks big. And then I realized right away, wait a second, Marcela, like you're expecting time management skills, adult time management skills in a 13 year old who has undeveloped brain. Long story short, we came to swimming lessons late. Lower your expectations with your twins and teens as well, because they do have undeveloped brains. 
lives. So it was eye-opening, like the things that I was learning in the Parenting Twins and Teens course. And that's a big thing. The expectations that parents have. Oh, because he's been in this world 13 years for sure. He knows how to manage her time and get ready and be ready by 1030. Not necessarily. Right. I think that is applicable too for younger children. I think even at three and a half and four, we have expectations of them that, you know, I mean, I see that in myself and in my husband all the time that we're looking at children of all ages and thinking you should know better, no matter what age your children are. If you're thinking, well, you should know better by now. Do they actually know better? Probably not. If we can just kind of take a step back and ask ourselves, how can we connect? I think that's really where we start fixing a lot of problems. What would you say would be the second piece to building a strong relationship? So the second piece, and this is huge. And I think this is something that lacks in the gentle parenting community and is understanding of two things, understanding of where they are at developmentally and understanding of their physical and emotional needs. Why? Because you could connect with your older child all you want, but if you still don't know what's going on inside of them, what their needs are, then you're missing a really important piece. Let me give you a little example. It was a story that happened with my sister-in-law. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) Let's talk about understanding. So we need to understand number one, where they are at developmentally. Twins and teens, they care more about their relationship with their peers and fitting in than their own relationship with you. (laughs) I know it sounds hard, but it is. So what happened? My niece, she's 13 years old. This year, she entered to a new school here in Phoenix. She was the new kid because when she entered to that school, the school already started. So she was kind of like the new kid and all the other kids already had their friends. It was a hard transition for her because she didn't start with them from the beginning of the year. That's the context that I want to give you so we understand what's going on for her. She made a little friend from her classroom. She invited her friend for a sleepover. So in her house, my sister-in-law has a really clear rule. We don't eat in the bedroom. We eat in the living room. We don't take food to the bedroom. My niece was in the sleepover with her little friend and then my sister-in-law she called us she said I cannot believe that I gave my daughter the opportunity to have a sleepover with her friend I gave her that trust and I opened up my house for her to have fun with her friend for a night and she allowed her friend to break the rules I went to their bedroom and they were both eating in the bedroom and then she took it as a big disrespect like how come I allowed you to have a sleepover and then you are breaking the rules with your friend. Surface level is she found my niece breaking the rule of eating in the bedroom with her friend. Let's go under the surface level. Brian and I talked to our niece and they were like, what happened? She said, my friend, she had food in her backpack. She pulled out the food and I know that's the rule, but I don't want her to hate me. She was scared that she would set the boundary with her friend, that her friend would reject her. So number one, she was trying to fit in in the new school. Number two, she found a new friend. Number three, her friend brought food in her backpack. She had no idea that that was the rule in that house. And she pulled out the food. Number four, my niece understood and remembered the rule, but she didn't have the emotional maturity and the strength to set the boundary with her friend. So that's what was going on. So did you see? My sister-in-law took it as this is disrespect 
respect. I gave her this freedom, this trust, and then she's breaking the rules because all she saw was the behavior. But what was going underneath the behavior was, I really want to fit in. I want to have a friend and I don't know how to set boundaries in a way that my friend would not reject me. What about if my sister-in-law would have known that that was the need on the first place? Would have understood, number one, my niece's developmental need, which is to relate and to fit in with peers. And number two, my niece's need for power, she lacked the skill to set boundaries assertively with her friend. And that's why she didn't do it. She had the need for power and then she had the need for belonging and fitting in with her friend. And both of those needs came together and created that behavior. What about if my sister-in-law would have had the understanding that that's what was going on emotionally for my niece? I wonder if she would have reacted the same way. Or what if she would have just gotten curious? And this by no means is to throw her under the bus or any parent. She told us what was going on and we left it that way because we don't want to intervene. Like my sister-in-law, she wasn't asking for help or advice or unsolicited help. So we just left it that way. I just think if we as parents, even if we don't have the understanding of needs or we don't have the understanding of the situation, instead of moving to a posture of defensiveness ourselves, what if we chose to move into a posture of understanding or seeking to understand? What if your sister-in-law would have said, can you tell me like what's going on? What happened here? What is your thought process? Your niece would have probably told her mom the same thing. I would assume that her mom would have been like, okay, I do understand that you had a hard time coming into a new school. I can understand on an emotional level, but in parenting, often it's that power over mindset. We think you're breaking the rules. You need a consequence for breaking the rules. You should know better. There's that thought. You should know better. And she did. My sister-in-law, she felt betrayed. How come I gave her this trust and then she broke my trust? That was her main thing. Yes. And that thought process, this is something that I work with parents a lot on in private session is the mindset that they have around what their children do. Because the circumstance was that her daughter broke a family rule by having food in the room. But mom's thought was she is disrespecting, blatantly disrespecting me. That's the root thought there. That wasn't necessarily the reality. That wasn't her daughter's intention. Mm -hmm. She was focused developmentally so, and appropriately so, on wanting to build connection and relationship in that moment with her friend. And so she was thinking, well, maybe there's some wiggle room here. You know, maybe there's a little bit of wiggle room in these rules because this relationship is really important to me. But when mom adopts this belief of, you know, this is disrespectful, this is blatantly disrespectful, that creates feelings of anger, frustration, resentment even. And so out of that anger, frustration, and resentment, we often act. All of our feelings, all of our thoughts produce feelings. All of our feelings produce our actions. And those actions are what actually create the results. So when we switch our thoughts, our mindsets around what our children are doing, we can switch our thoughts if we have the knowledge, but we can also choose to get into a place of curiosity and say, I'm feeling disrespected right now by you doing this. Did you mean to disrespect me? Because I'm feeling anger, I'm feeling frustration, but I'm willing to get into a posture of curiosity and a posture of understanding and ask you what's going on. And then our children will often open up and tell us what's really going on. One mom, a teen mom that I was coaching privately that had a similar scenario where she was feeling very disrespected by her son. She had set a 
boundary around the music that he could or could not. How listen. old is he? This he time? is almost 18. Ah, okay. He's still at home. He's in his senior year of high school. He was starting to listen to some pretty explicit and music that she just didn't feel comfortable with. And so she talked to him and set a limit and said, you're not going to have this music anymore. She told him to listen to clean music. And he took that as no explicit language. He wasn't mm-hmm. looking at the overall message. She just said no explicit music. So then he would still listen to music that wasn't explicit, but it still wasn't what she had in mind, but she hadn't really clearly communicated that. So she got into his Spotify and saw that he was listening to some music that she did not approve of. It didn't have explicits, but it wasn't approved. So she deleted his entire Spotify list and didn't talk to him about it first. And I know, and she, I know when we talked through it, I was like, okay, let's talk through how this could have been perceived on his end. I understand why you did it. I understand why you took that action out of a thought process. And we talked through, imagine if as an adult, you had all of the saved episodes. Like if you had DVR'd episodes on your TV, your husband came in and was like, you're not watching that trash. I'm going to delete this entire playlist. Like my gosh, you know, yes. it would be like, yeah, those would be some fighting terms, you know, at least for me. I said, I want to encourage you to go back to him and get curious and ask him what happened with that music. Then I want you to explain to him, clearly define for him what music you feel is appropriate. But I said more than that, I want you to explain to him the process of listening to music and paying attention to the way that he feels when he listens to certain music, because there is music that is not healthy for our mental state or our emotional state, but you telling your child that's bad for you is control-based rather than care-based, but you asking your child, how does that music make you feel? Do you ever notice that you feel angry when you listen to music? Do you ever notice that you feel really depressed and sad when you listen to your music? Pay attention to that. Cause if you do, do you like feeling angry and depressed? I don't know of anybody that does. And she did exactly that. And he actually explained to her his whole thought process around it. And she said, it was really eye-opening for me. We did four coaching sessions. And one of the, my favorite things that she said is I'm realizing that my children aren't the only problem here. (laughs) I'm Uh realizing that my thought processes and my beliefs about how they should act are every bit as much of the problem sometimes. And my reactions are more of a problem than their actions, their disrespect, their disobedience, all of that kind of stuff. And it was really beautiful to see how she came out of that month of coaching with me and how it transformed her thought processes around parenting and how it deepened the connection that she had. And I will tell you guys too, this was a mom who had traditionally very, very traditionally parented her children, like through these 17 years, her 17 year old is the oldest. He was 17, almost 18. She had a 14 year old and I believe a seven year old. That's been something that I've seen across the board. Every time somebody invests in parenting education, whether through your coaching sessions or through the parenting with understanding program, the considered conversation formula, the child discipline guide, the tantrums workshop, the sleep workshop, the three-step method, navigating hard conversations with your teens digital guide. The consistent message that I've seen from parents who invest in their parenting education in Hyper Club is that they see transformation in their houses. Yes. More than the parents that just follow our free TikTok videos. We have a private Facebook group that parents who are in those workshops, in the tantrums workshop, the parent 
parenting with understanding program, your ebook, if I see what they say about their parenting now that they had that training compared to all the comments that I see on my TikToks, the difference is huge. And the difference is going from gentle parenting doesn't work to I feel confident. I understand my children and I'm able to provide the care that they deserve from a place of understanding. Mother's Day is coming and I know that we may have in line a few things we may want to get. Maybe you want to get jewelry. Maybe you want to get a nice pedicure or a massage. And those are great things to ask. But what truly changes the game in your parenting is gaining that understanding. If you are a parent of a child any age, all the way from babies to 17 years old, and you want to parent them differently, and you feel that free general TikToks or even podcast episodes are a good inspiration and motivator, but they're not a roadmap to help you gain that understanding of those two things that I was telling you, understanding of where they are at developmentally and what their physical and emotional needs are at their developmental stage. I highly encourage you to start your parenting education now. It is Mother's Day weekend, so we have a gift for you from May 6th through May 8th. If you add three of our products, high impact club products to your cart, you will get applied a 30% off discount. If you've been thinking, I want to have more than one thing, but I don't know the money's tight, or maybe I don't know what to get. This is the timing because you could build your own bundle of high impact club products and create your customized parenting education package for you to start and gain all the skills that you need to parent your children from understanding. So we have products all the way from babies to teenagers. So if you have a baby and you have younger children, I'm saying under eight, the coping strategies guide, the tantrums workshop, the sleep workshop, the system to break play dependency guide, the three-step method guide will help you. And even the considered conversation formula. If you have older children, I'm saying tweens and teens, the child discipline guide, the considered conversation formula ebook, and the new release on Hyper Club, navigating hard conversations with your tween and teen digital guide, where Dr. Lockhart tells you how to navigate conversations about drugs, sex, birth control, all the hard topics, how to do it successfully so your children don't shut down. So they are willing to have that open conversation with you. This is the time that you can build that bundle to start investing and leveling up your parenting education. I love that. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about your tween and teen's brain and their emotional needs. So excited about that topic. It's going to be amazing. And then later this month, we are interviewing Jess Martini. A lot of you may follow her on TikTok and Instagram already. I'm so excited. I know, me too. Jess and I and Marcella have built a friendship over probably the last year or so since Jess started sharing her experience growing up with a gentle parent. Her mom was a gentle parent. She's going to be answering the most popular questions that she gets as someone who was raised this way, how her parents dealt with punishment. So that is definitely going to be amazing. And then we're also going to be interviewing Dr. Anne Louise Lockhart later this month, who is our new high impact club teen parenting coach. So excited to bring her on. She created the parenting twins 
Teens and Teens course at the end of this month, May 27th. She's having a free masterclass for all of us. I cannot wait. I think I'm going to learn a lot. And then we're going to announce where you can register. Registration is not open yet. If you have a twin or a teen, it will help you. She's so knowledgeable. She's an expert. So excited to have her on the team. What a huge asset to High Impact Club. So what is the main takeaway from this episode? I actually look forward to the teen years with my daughter and maybe potentially future children. I really do look forward to those years. And for me, it's that I don't have to dread those emotions any more than I would have to dread the toddler emotions and all the outbursts that I get now. Those emotions are going to come out in different ways, but I don't have to be afraid of them. And I can focus on connecting and understanding through all of these phases and really enjoy the teen years. Yes. What about you? From experience raising teens, it was way easier to raise them than my little twins. <laughs> Just because they have more words, they have more insight and they correct on behavior. So my main takeaway are the two ingredients, the two keys to build your strong relationship with your older children. Key number one is connection. Connection before correction. And key number two is understanding where they are at developmentally and their physical and emotional needs. If you are a Heimpath Club member, meaning that you have any of our classes, if you're one of our customers, I highly encourage you to join our private Facebook group. The conversation there is so different to the conversation I see on my social media, just because they have a higher level of understanding. So you can search for us on Facebook. The group is called HIC Cycle Breakers, and then join our private Facebook group and let us know there what was the main takeaway of this podcast episode. And remember, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week.